Welcome to the artist interviews for the Architecture of Hiding Symposium, uh, organized by Cryptic. Uh, I am uh, Ryan Steck. I'm the Artistic Director at Art Engine, and I am here with... Hi, I'm Pallavi. I am one of the co-conveners of Architectures of uh, Hiding and uh, coordinator of Cryptic. Uh, we are talking today with uh, Claudio Scarby. Uh, Claudio uh, received his PhD from the University of Pennsylvania and is a registered architect teaching at several universities, including Carleton University, Marangoni Design School, and the Lebanese American University. His research concerns the ethics, the image, and the gender of the architect, the design of construction sites, building technologies, and the relevance of architectural history and theory in our contemporary projects. He designs, writes, publishes, teaches, lectures uh, to accomplish these projects while being fully involved in the construction process. And he's working on a publication with the wonderful title, Misconceptions, the Infertile Belly of the Architect. Welcome. So we're going to um, dig into your project a bit today and let's maybe start with the, um, the sort of larger ideas of, of what what was the inspiration in making your piece? And I think uh, you being on the construction site, you've obviously come across all kinds of objects um, in these sort of hiding, revealing kind of structures. What, when you talk about that, how the project sort of came to light, what was different about these objects? What was different about this time that you encountered these objects? Yes, you usually, uh, usually you encounter something at a certain moment uh, uh, in your life that you don't know about your encounter, your encounter, what you have been encountering, and you know about that encounter only much later. No, this happens many times. You don't realize that you are encountering someone or something right on the spot. <laughs> you realize that you have been encountering someone know, maybe a year after. <laughs> no. So this is what happened. And as you said, being on the building side, you dig you demolish, but before building, you always dig somewhere. So, or you, we are also working with renovation. So we take things apart and we, whenever we demolish something, we find something always unexpected, something that quite often was hidden on purpose or something that was not intentionally hidden, but we, we are finding. So, but the story of the of of um, the um, the items I call them relics that I will be um, presenting at the hiding conference is a story that started quite a while ago. Actually, my aunt gave to me as a present something that a master mason found during the renovation of uh, the house where my haunt lives. He, he was a, a man, was demolishing a wall to open a door. And uh, during this process of demolition, he ran across a small emptiness 
inside the wall, a small empty space inside the wall, where there were hidden few, five little items. One of them is a wooden spoon. The other one is a card, um, a game card, uh, a king of cup, a, game, a kind of game that we call briscola. It's a common game, the briscola card. And, um, and, and the two um, empty matchboxes and a holy picture with a prayer. So I don't know for we, obviously no one knows who has hidden these relics. The house is a medieval house. The relics probably are were hidden around the, the, the end of the, of the 19th century. So, because there is a date, so we know that probably also the other pieces were hidden at that time. So, but the house is a very old house. So, uh, they were found and uh, by this master mason demolishing a wall and they were given to my my haunt and uh, I it's not clear why he gave them to her probably because they were in the house so he thought that it was nice to to give them to the owner of the house uh, but um, and uh, it's not clear or at least it's quite clear why my haunt decided to give them to me as a present Someone is hiding something in the wall. Someone else is finding these hidden objects that I call relics. Uh, he is giving them to a person who is my aunt and she is giving them to me as a present. This has happened quite a while ago. And mm. obviously they stay there in my apartment, you know, they wait. They wait, they were waiting for a century inside the wall. And then they have been waiting for, I don't know, maybe five or six years <laughs> in my apartment. They don't know why they are there. And each object, each item, each relic is its own completely uh, you know, different story. The matches, obviously the matches were they are very, very lavishly illustrated matchboxes. So, uh, but you know, they were what, what probably the master maze or the person who first uh, hide them doesn't feel like throwing them away hmm? because they are so nicely illustrated. You know, they have such, all these pictures. Uh, the, the, there is a lover and a lover and a beloved on these matchboxes. There are a mythical stories uh, somehow. <laughs> so he doesn't want to throw them away. And they were probably, the, he has been keeping them, uh, this person has been keeping them around for a while because uh, uh, they were used to light candles, to light cigarettes, uh, to light uh, the little fire, to, 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 to warm something and, uh, and to cook something. Uh, and then there is a wooden spoon. Again, how many meals, you know, the, what, why hiding a spoon, <laughs> a wooden spoon inside a wall? 
It's the only thing, uh, probably the most direct possible understanding is the holy picture. The holy picture has a story written in the back and the story is about not working on feast day. Hmm? So it's uh, like reminding, yes, work on work days, but stop working on Sunday. Hmm? The briscola, the, 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 the card is also you know, quite an incredible because if, if, you, if you take one card away from the, the bunch of cards, obviously get, you know, the whole cards that loses completely <laughs> its, uh, its meaning, its uh, use, usefulness. So you throw away everything. So it, it must have had a particular significance. Maybe it was the card that allowed someone to win an important uh, uh, game, you know, card game. You know, it, but, you know that's infinite storage. Each item opens the path for infinite possible stories. On that note, um, uh, Claudio, I, this idea of infinite or endless stories that you brought up um, in this piece, uh, and this whole process that you're following is almost seems like a combination of um, archaeology, um, architectural speculation, and uh, the poetics of such such a speculation um, and then then it makes me wonder you know when the enigma that is associated you you start to fantasize fantasize about you know what could have happened this might have been a story and this idea of endless stories uh, and the enigma that is associated with the pieces and you're uncovering it now you're removing it from the hidden spot bringing it into light what is that process do you how do you think of a process for such an, a thing because you know as soon as you unhide it uh, it starts to does it lose its enigmatic quality what what happens then did you think of keeping that enigmatic quality intact and not lose it while still talking about the piece how did you go about it yeah that's uh that's uh, no, you, you, you are you are suggesting so many many beautiful and different ideas. I can just uh, refer to one of the aspects that, that that you are mentioning. That is, why me? Why was I somehow involved in this story? Am I an accomplice? or am I betraying the secret? You know, that's what you are beautifully, you know, that's funny, this is, am I betraying a secret or am I an accomplice of someone else veiling and unveiling process? And uh, for a moment, uh, you know, when you find these things in the in the wall, you say, "Look at this! This is just a sort of little apotropaic gesture." You know, you hide something for good luck. You know, maybe you know, just or at least you know, let's hope that something goes the way I want things to go, and let's hide these things. Why they don't make sense, but I hide them. You know, and uh, and so. It's a, a sort of deterrent against misfortune, a deterrent against evil eyes, but 
how about my eyes now? Are my eyes the evil eyes? Or was, you know, this uh, some, somehow this process of, uh, you know, this um, event of finding them part of the narrative that the original, if there is such a thing as an original hider, might have thought about. Hmm? Yeah, I think there's something very interesting in the um, in the aspect, uh, the storytelling aspect, which you're just describing there, where that it, it's um, there is definitely a narrative that is um, not speculation in the sense that, or there, the idea of there being a narrative is not overly speculative because there's such a deliberate hiding at the beginning of this. It's not, it's not a happenstance that these things are found there. And so the question of speculation um, is, is, is built on top of something that is quite real and tangible. Um, but I do wonder, going back to your sort of, um, your sort of, let's say, binary tension between antagonist and protagonist, how did yeah. you how do you understand yourself what do you think did you come to a conclusion in which um uh in which you see yourself as someone fulfilling the end of a narrative that someone hoped to unfold or someone who is an antagonist against a narrative that you don't understand beautiful beautiful very also your question is quite a beautiful question um this for sure, this is a provocation. For sure, this is a provocation. Um, I don't know which, with which kind of intention, but it's like when you throw, uh, you know, a, 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 a rock in a well, you know. Maybe sometimes the well is so deep that you will never hear the noise of uh, this rock touching the, the, the bottom or the water in, into the well. You leave before you know, hearing any noise or any voice or making uh, or, or driving any conclusion for, your for, for, your, for the gesture you have done. Um, so yes, I, I at least the hider is responsible for something that has, uh, has been maturing. Can you say maturing? Yes, in, in my thinking, you know, and this is it. In order to build something, you have to hide something, always. There is always something hidden in what you build. So we can rephrase this, 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 this idea in many, many, many different ways. Uh, you, you hide something because you want to build or you build something because you want to hide. But between hiding and building, there is quite a strange, I would say a, a complex, um, how can we say, a complex uh, kind of uh, agreement, not agreement, that is a, there is a conflict and an agreement together. There is something wrong <laughs> about the connection between hiding and building. So 
the provocation for this hiding is the result of the of, of this hiding is this sort of provocation that it has the, the hider has caused in my imagination. Hmm? Obviously, when I when I confront uh, this idea with uh, with uh, myself and also with other friends, or they usually say hiding. Why are you talking about hiding something? I mean, I have nothing to hide. You know, why are you talking about uh, uh, hiding something? Well, there is not. I mean, I built, but I I I have nothing to hide. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> we are convinced when there is some sort of hubris and arrogance, we are convinced that we have nothing to hide. That is obvious, you know, the reason why we build. So, and it's uh, self, uh, uh, I would say self-motivating, you know, building is self-motivating. So you build because you build. You don't have, you have nothing to hide. The, the history of the human soul says that uh, there, there are conditions where you think you are hiding something. Hmm? So I'm not saying in the past they did hide things in the world and we don't. I am saying there are moments in everybody soul hmm, or thinking or ideas when you think that you are hiding something because you build that's complex <laughs> <laughs> that's complex so i think uh, there was a call let's say from the hider the hider <laughs> There was a call, and I am. What can I do? I mean, he or she, or maybe they, maybe they were hiders. They have caught me in the trap. <laughs> I just, I wanted to go back to um, <clears throat> something you did say because you. Uh, one of my questions was around the the wonderful set of sentences that you had written, which you sort of. Uh, re-paraphrased about uh, there being something to hide in order to build. And when I first um, read those, I thought about um, the parallel between destruction and hiding, the idea of, you know, that the, that there is, uh, in order to build, there's violence, there's destruction, there's, it's impossible to have um, absolutely have this that construction destruction tension is one that is um, not very well uh, resolved in the North American particular architectural psyche. Um, but, and you, so you said there's a kind of provocation and I wonder, as you were talking though, I was thinking, well, I guess that's maybe an erroneous like association is, where's the difference between hiding and destruction? Um, you know, is there something special and different about hiding? There's something, you know, even the idea of the way we build um, is to sort of destroy landscape and hide what was there before, but it's, it's, it's actually more profound than hiding. So I was wondering if you could uh, reflect on some of those through the, the process that you have. Yes. We have probably human beings have always been educated to think that building is its logic within itself. So is self-sufficient. 
is a tautological. It has its reason within itself. There are quite a lot of moments, hmm, which are for me extremely important, when you start to doubt it, that this is it. Hmm? You doubt that this is it. And when you doubt that this is it, you doubt it when you face, for example, what you were mentioning, the destruction that is implied in the process of construction. Hmm? So you doubt that construction is worth all this destruction. Can you doubt it? No, you would say, no, in the school, no, 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 please don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. No, doubt it. And try when you doubt it, do a little gesture like the one that was made by these hiders. Hide something that seems insignificant in the building you are building. <sighs> ah, no, don't you feel that all the logic is collapsing? No? I agree. Not feel that it's all falling apart, you know, like, you know, a collapse, a huge collapse of, you know, of, 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 of a building. It all falls apart. Yes, it's, it, you know, it disintegrates almost by this totally humble, insignificant gesture that is probably the gesture that allows you to, to, you know, to be playful about uh, this uh, uh, metaphysical doubt. <laughs> that is beautiful, Claudio. Is the destruction worth uh, uh, the, the, also the construction, <laughs> oh, that's a metaphysical doubt. And you can make it, you know, collapse with this humble little gesture. Ask the students to do it. You, know, you will teach, mm -hmm. ask the students to bury something in, uh, in uh, the wall they design. They will laugh at you. They will laugh, they make a joke. They make a joke because they don't have the courage to do it. It's incredible. No, what do you mean you don't have the courage? It's such a stupid, yes. We have completely lost the, 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 the sense that our own logic can collapse on the evidence of this naive stupidity. <laughs> if you put it this way, no? I, I wonder if you could uh, speak a bit about time in this process of hiding and revealing, because that's an essential element of um, of this the narrative that you're drawing. That it is a certain um, distance in time, uh, distance in it, you know it's in the same place, but in a time that's drawn out, um, and then how you move things around. Um, in different places and sort of reveal and reflect on different aspects of time. Yes, um, I like very much to think about uh, uh, timing my sharing of some this naive gesture with someone else who is, is inviting me to do so. You know, that guy or the, those, those guys who were hiding, they invited they must have think about inviting someone 
to this hiding and revealing, you know, interwoven um, event. When? Does it matter? When? Does it matter, you know, that it's, it, but, but, but am I just, uh, am I the target? Or you the target? Who is the target? Or maybe now the, the, the boy who is <laughs> the young grad, undergraduate student who has the relics hidden somewhere, we don't know where in the house, is uh, he the target? Is your exhibition that is not actually going on the target? You know that I thought about giving these relics as a present to the School of Architecture in, in, um, uh, in Carton. So, and actually uh, there was a little urn to be prepared and to be where the relics should be kept and they should be kept in the school. And the, the idea was that they should be given as a gift, because they were given to me also as a gift, and probably that the person also gave them as a gift to the wall. So they, they should be given to the gift to someone, a student, you know, you know, as a prize or something. And obviously leaving the students, leaving open the, 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 the decision to, to do whatever the student wants with the, with the relics. Or I was thinking about giving them to, to Emily or to Rana to, and to hide them somewhere on, in a building that is in the process of being built in Ottawa or, or I don't know, in, uh, in Toronto. Why, why Toronto? Oh, we don't know. <laughs> Find the courage to reenact this process of making the logic of building collapse in front of the evidence of this naive, innocent, innocent, I mean, not so innocent, <laughs> let's call it naive act. So you see, time, which time? We, we still don't, and we still don't know. Yes, we, we don't know which time we are talking about. I find that very, very intriguing. Just imagine putting it in here and then maybe doing a part two of such an interview with someone who finds it in Toronto in a building and seeing how how did how do they speculate about it? Do they even know who did it? That'll be so fascinating. <laughs> and uh, I think when we are talking about it, we are reenacting that gesture that because of its... Uh, simplicity because of its naiveness is uh, um, uh, a good deterrent against the tautology of building for the sake of building. I almost feel it's a catalyst, uh, you know, like in chemical reactions, there's a catalyst that uh, makes that reaction happen. Yes, yes. And this is, you know, this is the, the, the reason why we build, you know, that's probably the reason, because we might be happy to talk to each other, maybe we overbuild around this, no? That's too much, 
too big. That's what you're too much too big, you know, too big of a building for making this conversation possible. That is the original you know, meaning that keeps on going of that original hiding, you know? Look, you know, why are we doing all this when the reason why we, we build is to share, you know, this pleasure of uh, you know of having the courage to 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 collect some item from the 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 mystery of our everyday life. Well, I think even in the um, the provocation that you're proposing, there is. Um, you know, there is a kind of excess in what we're doing, right? An excess of story, an excess of narrative. Um, but in order to sort of draw attention to, um, uh, for for me, I see it in in time. Even if you think of this in a in a in a teaching or emerging architectural context of someone um, having to face the notion that the building is also not a static thing and never will be it's like even in the most practical senses parts will be cut off and rebuilt or built upon or uh, unbuilt and then rebuilt in an entirely different way so you know i think it's um it's to face um face that and then try to um try to stand and find uh interesting opportunities for that poetic um uh, unfolding uh, and understand time uh, and its relationship to being in a, in in a more profound way against the arrogance to pretend to know that we have the right to build because we know it's right <laughs> we this is something we really have to stop to to know that's a very you know when i hear no, some architect, uh, you know, very even important architects, you know, say, no, I know that I built for your good. No, I know that you build, but don't say that you build for my good. No, you have to say that I know that I built for something I don't know, for a reason I don't know. Can you have the courage to, to you know, probably if you drop, you know, like uh, this iPhone, you know, uh, this iPhone is to the, the, the glasses and this pencil into the wall of a building, you realize, you know, that arrogance to pretend to know that uh, your building is for, for the good. Hmm? How, how fascinating would it would be, and quite obviously um, almost impossibly radical, but for an entire architecture school to dedicate one year to unbuilding? Right. All studios, all teaching, all training will be unbuilding this year. There is such a surplus of building that we need to take a moment within, particularly within this climate emergency, to say all of our incredible design thinking and power should be dedicated to unbuilding um, what we have, what we have done to the planet. Or where do we, where would we start to build? the so-called immaterial, you know, domain of uh, architecture. Architecture 
says very clearly, you know, at least the, the, the word, you know, says very clearly, talks very clearly about this immaterial substance. You know, there is an immaterial substance that is like the void that was filled with these relics. Mm? The void that was filled with these relics is the evidence of the you know, immaterial domain of architecture. Architecture is a suggestion. I, it says, please take a look at what's about trying to master the principle of this art of building. So it's an invitation. It's not a building. <laughs> it's an invitation to, to tell you, you know, what's, what's building about? <laughs> that's, that's the meaning of architecture. What's building about, you know, and uh, so exactly what you, Ryan, were hoping. What what is building about, you know? Anyway. This is a, a great place place for us, to, I think, to to wind down. It's beautiful to hear about uh, and talk about actually the piece, uh, Claudio, and we're very thankful for uh, you giving us the time to discuss this with you. Thank you, thank you for, for giving me, for, well, who, who do we have to thank? <laughs> or do, who do we have to blame? <laughs> was it a, a gift or a curse? Uh, it was definitely a co-conspiracy by the end. Absolutely, I mean, whether it was a gift or a curse or conspiracy, I thoroughly enjoyed it, so. <laughs> Thanks That's for... Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for interview and thank you Palawi. Thank you Ryan. <laughs>